Welcome to SciSection. I'm Romina, your journalist for this week's episode. We are here today with Dr. Chris Moore, who's the Dean of the Faculty of Science at Dalhousie University, as well as a professor in the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Moore. My pleasure. Happy to be here. To start, we do have two rapid fire questions for you. Firstly, who is one of your role models in the scientific community? So I would say my role model, and it may not be a name that's familiar to you, but my role model is a scientist named Michael Tomasello, who's a, a, both a developmental and evolutionary psychologist, uh, and one of the, the most uh, recognized people in the world in that area. Awesome. And secondly, what do you think has been one of the most important scientific discoveries? Well, of course, there's been many, but uh, I can't uh, fail to, to, um, to go back to uh, uh, Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection. Uh, the way that it organized all of biology since that point in time, and also for me as a psychologist, I, I believe that evolutionary psychology is a key way to understand human behavior. And so for me, that would be it. For sure, that's a great example. And as you said, there are so many different discoveries out there and they're all equally important, but Darwin's is definitely a great example. And now moving on to your profession, could you give us a summary of your educational path and how it led you to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I, I was trained in England. I grew up in England, uh, in the UK, and um, I uh, went to uh, university at the University of Cambridge. I uh, started there as, a, as an undergraduate doing my BA in natural sciences. At Cambridge, you, you do a BA, not a BSc, um, and uh, started out in natural sciences. Uh, and ended up um, shifting a little bit in terms of what I wanted to do uh, and, and went into psychology and experimental psychology. When I finished my uh, undergraduate degree, I, I knew at that point in time that I really wanted to have a career in science. And so I applied for graduate programs and ended up staying at Cambridge to do my PhD, um, which I completed in 1985. Uh, and then at that point, uh, I started looking around for jobs, academic jobs, because I knew I wanted to continue doing research uh, and um, weren't any jobs in, in the UK. And I ended up in Canada and I've been here ever since. Amazing. And I know you've been quite involved with research and you have a few initiatives relating to developmental psychology, like the early social development lab. So could you tell us a little bit more about this group and your research focus in general? Yeah, sure. So I've always been interested in, in the way in which the mind develops the structure that it has. And the best way to, to get at that is to understand how it develops through childhood. So we started looking a long time ago at, um, at, at early development at young children. I've, I've studied children as young as six months of age all the way through to adolescence. And the main focus of our research is, is how do children develop their understanding of other people, their social understanding, their understanding of other people and also of themselves and how, other, and, and how people uh, interact with, with each other, their relationships. So we've studied a number of aspects of that, including uh, what we call joint attention or the ability to focus on something with another person, understanding self-development self or how the child understands themselves as a person, understanding other people's mental states or theory of mind. And now more recently, we've moved into their understanding of moral development. Wow, very interesting. And obviously you've been very involved with research, but why do you think it's important for the public 
to engage with research and science in general? Why should the public care? Well, you know, I come back to the idea that from my point of view, science remains the best approach that we have for understanding both the natural and the social world. And I say the social world because I am a psychologist, and but we take a scientific approach to psychology. Science is absolutely critical for solving the key issues facing individuals, societies, and, and humanity in general. And scientific literacy of the population at large is really essential to making progress. So I always take the view that we need to push back repeatedly and strongly against the view that, that knowledge is relative and depends significantly on perspective. But, you know, I would also turn around and say that scientists have a duty and a responsibility to do a better job at engaging with the public. We can't just leave it up to the public. We have to get out there and try to, to, to tell people in terms that they can understand, not, not in kind of complex scientific terms, about the discoveries that we're making. Right? We need to make contributions to scientific literacy that go beyond our narrow fields. Um, and many, many people are doing this well, but I think um, there should be a responsibility for all scientists to do that. And, and at Dalhousie and the Faculty of Science, we actually have intentionally created opportunities for all of our BSc students to learn the practice of how to communicate science better to a general audience. For sure. And I feel like for the general public, there's also this fear sometimes, this stigma around science that it's only for a select group of people, while there are so many different possibilities and applications within science that it truly becomes something that everyone can enjoy. So what steps do you think we can take to make science more inclusive? I know you mentioned that at your university, you guys have like courses for students so that they can learn about better communication, but what other steps do you think we can take to make science more inclusive and accessible? Yeah, I mean, I, I think our goal should be that anyone who wants to engage in science and become scientifically literate or practice as a scientist should be able to do so, no matter who they are, or where they come from. Right. So that that should be the goal that we have as, as scientists. And, and that's what we're trying to achieve. You know, science proceeds by critical questioning of received understanding. And this this critical questioning can come from anywhere. Anybody can contribute to that. And so we need to encourage you know, broad and, and widespread and inclusive access to, to the practice of science. And we need to send the message that science welcomes everyone. Um, you know, at many universities, including Dalhousie, have, have tried to create pathway programs for students um, from, from perhaps from currently underrepresented groups who may believe that science isn't for them. And we're creating these pathway programs to show them that indeed science is for them. Science is for everyone and they can become involved. And we've developed a, a number of these programs now at Dalhousie, which has been very successful. For sure, that's awesome to hear. And speaking of students, I know that for a lot of undergraduates and students in general, the upcoming academic year is gonna be quite unique in that it is remote yes. learning. So what are your top tips for students adjusting to remote learning? So, you know, this is a great question and, and I think it's gonna be a challenge for all of us. And, you know, none of us at our regular universities have been through this before. But what I would say to the students is get organized right from the get-go. Set yourself a schedule that to some extent mimics what you would have been doing if you'd been in face-to-face -face classes. For example, set aside fixed times to engage with the content of the course that you're doing and, and, and time to study. You know, 
put it, put yourself on a schedule just as if you had classes to go to at regular times of the day. Um, and take advantage of everything that's being offered in course website. You know, I think, I think what people are going to find is that teaching in a remote way is going to break some of the mold of traditional ways of teaching, you know, the sort of professor on the stage approach. You know, best practices now are going to show that learning calls for smaller chunks um, of, of content and more varied forms of engagement with students. And I would certainly recommend that students take advantage of everything that's offered in their course websites and in, in remote learning, not just the lectures, but all of those opportunities to engage with the professor, with their TAs, with other students indeed. You know, remember that learning happens best by discussing ideas with other people, not just taking it in passively, because discussion forces us to think about the topic through the eyes of other people. And that's absolutely the best way to learn. For sure. And I feel like with remote learning, there are certainly its benefits to it. And sometimes as students, we just tend to focus on the negative aspects of the whole process, but it for sure, as you've mentioned, it does have a lot of benefits. And I think it is our responsibility as students to just take advantage and make the best out of it. So hopefully after hearing that, more students will do that for the upcoming term. And just as a final question, what general advice relating to life, education, or anything would you give to undergraduate students listening to the show right now? Well, I'm not going to pretend to be a, a sage that can give advice on life. But what I would say to undergraduate students this year of all years is remember this is this will pass. This is not the reality that will be with you forever. Um, if you're starting out as an undergraduate, you're going to have a bit of an odd experience this year. Um, uh, do your best, but it will pass. And if you're a returning student, you know what, what university, everything university has to offer. Again, this year will be a little bit odd but it will pass uh, and, and you know, we will at some point get back to a reasonably normal life. So just stick with it, right? Don't let it get you down and, uh, and stick with it and you'll be fine. For sure. And that does bring us to the end of the interview. Dr. Moore, thank you once again for joining us today and highlighting the importance of science and motivating undergraduate students for the upcoming term. And for everyone listening, make sure to check out SciSection's podcasts available on global platforms for our latest interviews.